Art Next Door, prepared by Tuche Eren. Art Next Door features the independent art scene in Neukölln and Berlin. Free community-based art, socially engaged artistic practice, artist-led project spaces, collectives, emerging and young artists. News and interviews will be broadcast in Art Next Door on Keith FM. Hello, thank you so much for accepting this interview request for the Art Next Door, which is an online radio show and uh, a podcast series. Uh, today we're talking with three members of Hilbert Rao. And before we talk uh, more about the collective, I will briefly tell who is joining me in the Zoom meeting. is uh, Nina Brown, uh, Daniel Wiesenfeld and Tobias Stenbeck. Could you please introduce yourself first uh, and then we can talk about the rest of the collectives because you told me that you have 18 members, 14 of them actively organizing things. So I'm very interested in uh, learning about you individually, but also other members. So, yes. So I'm Nina Lehtonen Brown from originally I was from Finland, um, Helsinki, but since 20 years in Germany. And uh, yeah, I'm a visual artist making collage and performance and um, since from the beginning um, with Hilbert Raum working there. And I'm also part of a project space in Helsinki, Huuto. And yeah, that's me. All right, then I'll go ahead. I'm Daniel, Daniel Wiesenfeld. Um, I'm also co-founder. Um, in fact, I initiated it by knocking on the doors of the, my fellow colleagues studio colleagues and then we sat together in meetings and um, came up with the general structure for Hilbert Raum and then Tobias who's also present actually had the lucky strike and found the space and so we exist since January 2015 and um, I'm originally from the states but I grew up in Germany and then I studied and lived, worked in New York in the 90s and moved back to Germany and to Berlin in 2000. Okay, I'm Tobias Sternberg. I'm a Swedish sculptor. I studied in London and stayed in London for a while with my uh, now wife that I met there, who's also part of the collective. We moved to Berlin in 2009 before because London was too stressful, basically. It was impossible to do anything. You were just working all the time. Um, and I love, I love Berlin. So I know um, Nina from, I think, um, some video thing we did ages ago, maybe with yeah. your husband, I yeah. think. Um, and we did other projects together before we started um, uh, Hilbert Ram. And I know Daniel from the studios, we were studio neighbors, and he pushed us to start something. And I was first really like, no, 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 that takes too much space from my practice. I can't do that. And then I think it was good because I was kind of like, yeah, it's nice because it's social, but it's going to take too much space and too much time. So I was kind of pushing for a very organized approach because I had worked as an artist with a lot of project spaces. And I knew how having a project space basically eats up your life as an artist. I've seen it from so many other people. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to touch this. And then Daniel said, yes, yes, yes. And I said, okay, but only if we make it super organized. And that's, I think, was a very good play between us. I so know when you... 
Sorry, I know when you asked me and I was like, no, 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 it's going to take so much time. <laughs> and you were like, yes, yes, yes. It's going to be not so, not like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we, we got a very good structure in the sense that um, we make sure that we can sustain it financially. Like we didn't even imagine that we would ever get any funding, which now luckily happened. We have like a two-year funding uh, through the Zanat. But we wanted to have a structure where uh, in this day and age and us being artists who don't have much money could still run this and to a cost that would work out for us. And that's why we invited other artists and uh, 14 in the beginning, all together we were 14 to pay and to sustain the space. And also time-wise, we're all busy with other projects. Some of us have kids. And so we had to make sure that we don't burn out running a project space, which happens to a lot of people who do this, you know, like after a year or so of running it just by yourself, you don't have the energy anymore. And we wanted to make sure that the structure is in a way that everybody has maximum freedom. So we're basically kings and queens and at the time when our time slot is and we take complete charge individually and then we hand it over. And um, right now we're renovating the space. We're making the most use of the situation with the pandemic. And then we do work together. Then it's very much like uh, trying to, you know, like labor of love, doing the work uh, and helping each other. But the usual way the space runs, it's, um, it's very much giving maximum freedom to everybody to, um, express either their cur curatorial ideas or um, whatever their um, aesthetics are, uh, what they want to do with the space. So you don't have any actually aesthetic or thematic uh, interest, but interest comes from each individual artist who is taking over the monthly uh, or I don't know, how is the, how, what do you mean with taking over? So each individual is doing one exhibition per year or how you are actually managing the space? Uh, what do you mean with organized? Maybe Tobias, you had more strong <laughs> structural ideas and then how it's shaped, I'm also curious. Yeah, so basically it, it's like a relay race. So um, we have selected a number of people so that we should have one show, two, two shows a year. That's all we can deal with. There were short shows, this is two weekends, um, because we knew that if you have two shows a year, you can just put it on top of your practice. It's not gonna fail with your side jobs or whatever. Anything more is gonna start eating into your life. And it means that during those two weeks when I'm organizing, I am completely overloaded. I just take time off and do this because I do everything. I can't expect everyone else to do anything. But it's also my absolute decisions. I can, I can show anything I want, anyone I want. We said, the curatorial um, decision, the aesthetic decision is that we invite a diversity of artists from the beginning. So we made sure that we didn't just pick our friends, we picked people, we asked people to, jo to join that have different ideas of art. So it's not like, you know, maybe it's not so much on the surface that we're different, but it's more like the kind of voices, the artistic voices are really, really, really different. You wouldn't really expect to find us in the same group show, for example. And that means that by, by following the simple structure where everyone can do their own dream show, we have a hugely varied program. That's really interesting. Instead of sitting down and discussing, 
it also means that we don't have any, we don't have like, we have maybe two meetings a year and mostly it's practical issues. Like do we need to get more keys. Uh, what can we sell in, you know, what's going to end up in a bar. Those are discussions about the bar always, what opening times, but everything, we never discuss what kind of art we should show because we trust that as an artist, you have ideas about it. And we trust that the other people will have ideas that are so good that I don't have to intervene. And I love it because every time I turn up, I'm always surprised in my own space. It's, it's super. You know? Anyone wants to continue take up from this? Uh, Daniel? <laughs> yeah, of course, I can take over. Um, that was basically from the beginning on, the way we set out and the way we wanted to organize the space. That is like a key ingredient, the, the element of surprise, of curiosity, of a space that's almost like an extended canvas where um, each time we enter the space for a new show, there is the, at least the possibility to be surprised, to learn something from it. There's the whole notion of communicating with and through art. And so we're doing our shows also for our peers, not only to include them, to invite them, but also to have this ongoing discussion, discourse about what art can be, what it can do um, to, you know, to ask questions, to also open minds. Like uh, I learned so much through the exhibitions taking place that have taken place over the years. Um, we're only three here in, in the interview, but um, actually to represent what Hilbert Ram is about, we would actually have to all, and you know, have a dialogue about what everybody's doing that would you know, be too much uh, of the time, but um, like it would be really impossible for one person or a smaller group to express all these different notions that are behind it. I just think that right now, like maybe it was always that way, but like current um, developments in, in art are so diverse. It's almost like a yogurt culture with all these different fermentations in different directions um, to actually show the possibilities that are in there. I think our setup is good uh, in the sense that we, um, we, we um, have all these different minds working independently. Uh, now I know what I would love to add. So I think for me, it was really nice when I joined in the beginning uh, I was very skeptical if I, if I can do it with two kids. So this was also a very uh, mother and family friendly concept that it's not including being there every week or every month or it's just like, I, I felt really like, wow, I can run a project space and have a family. This is something really good. And I've learned so much. I, didn't, I knew only Tobias and so this whole new people, colleagues, the whole project space scene then opened up and I've learned so much. I've, I mean, I love the freedom to do on my, in my slots what I wanna do or show or create or invite, but I do love also the collaborations we have done also, exchange, exhibitions, traveling, connecting, making network i love to connect other artists with others from all over the world so and uh, like taking part in festivals organizing from out of nothing yeah it's a good energy so you mentioned that 
the space open in 2015? 15, yeah. 15. In the beginning, January 2015. And then throughout this five years, you always had the same members or you had this new members or leading members. How did dynamics change throughout this five year inside the collective? So we had a bit of a change of cast, like most stayed sure. on, a few left. And then we had a few join us. And um, mm. they, the, the ones who joined brought a whole new set of ideas and, and uh, shows with them. Like Franz Reimer is a media artist and he uh, questions and researches about how we process information, how we, um, how we present in shows ideas. And, and Clemens Wilhelm, who also joined later as a video artist who also brought his own festivals in that he already was running by himself before. And um, yeah, I mean, we have basically um, a change in our shows between curating ourselves, which is the most common, but also inviting artists to curate themselves, exchanging with other project spaces, and sometimes also doing our own shows, which is not so often, but we also like do either solo shows or group shows where we ourselves uh, also show. So, so I want to add something. Um, Sometimes we get asked by people if there's open open slots and if they can put themselves on a, on a queue to join us or something. And I usually say that we, we, we don't do that. What we do is we pick people, like when someone drops out, we think about what we are missing as a group. And then we ask from who we know, someone who can help us become something more. Um, and what I tell the people when they join us, say like, just do the same thing. Because it, we're not unique. We just have a very simple set of rules that anyone can apply anywhere. You need a space, of course. That's a hard, like you have to find a, a space you can pay for. But the idea we have is to not like say, uh, sit down and decide everything together, but instead like, no, no, no. We are all grown up responsible artists. Any artist who, who's worth their metal can basically put together a show if they're not overloaded. That's just uh, assume that. And I think it also works best because we have, all of us are artists. All of us are working artists. That's what we said also. It's not that it's against curators. We try that too, but I felt at least what works best is people who themselves mainly make art and then of course also have ideas for curating. The curator is just going to be frustrated because they can't really like define a profile for the, for the space. It's just against what, what we're doing. It doesn't work. But what it works perfectly for is for artists to also um, try and define and network and put people together that should show. And that's one of the things that I've enjoyed so much is that as an artist, you often get, get asked, do you want to be part of this show or not? And then you, you can say, no, it's not really for me. Or you can say, yes, please. But you can never say, yes, with this and this and this and this person. But here we can really do that. I can say, like, this is a really interesting thing that I'm curious about. And I can invite people to do a show about it. I started doing shows where I was showing myself and a lot of other people that kind of fit together around it. But then I used to stop showing myself because my interest just took, took off and I was like, I'm showing, I'm showing stuff that I completely don't work with, like uh, figure two painting. I, I, I can't paint at all. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rubbish painter, but I just started seeing stuff in that. It was interesting. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a show about it. And that's the kind of freedom for us, I, I find. Yeah, to, to add to this, for me, um, the whole running a project space also evolved. It started, of course, out with 
like the excitement to have a space to, um, like I said before, like an extended canvas to, to do things with the space. But um, now lately I've become more interested in uh, ideas behind running a space that also apply to the social aspects of coming together that are not based on commercial or, or any of those aspects, but you actually get together and co-organize something like this. And it, of course, it's a space to come together, but also in a metaphoric sense. You didn't know each other before necessarily. You get to know people and you agree on um, committing to something and still giving each other enough freedom. And, you know, you're basically finding a way, a democratic way to be a small society. You know, it almost has like an utopian flavor in it. And so out of the same motivation, I've been connecting to spaces in Los Angeles and um, which also brought me closer to the scene here in Berlin. It went both ways. So the first iteration of this was in 2019, we had a festival called BLA Connect where um, 25, uh, it was 20, 20 spaces from Los Angeles, art spaces, non-commercial art spaces came to Berlin and they showed with, um, at our spaces, like we were about roughly the same number of project spaces. And we had another, like a, a program of, of uh, talks and performances besides the exhibitions. And it was really exciting. And it was basically um, something that will continue after the pandemic. We had to move like our, uh, the next date for us to visit in LA. But um, it is very interesting to see other spaces in other cities, also to get to know better the this, this scene here and uh, to find out about all the different ways people do this. And also, of course, it's in a city like Los Angeles, it's even harder than here, more gentrified, even more expensive, although things are getting harder also in Berlin lately. This podcast series also helped me to understand different practices. I have been aware of different ways of um, working inside a collective, maybe because I'm also part of it, but each time it's so unique. And then this is fascinating and any, you expect that there are some similarities, but every time I'm encountering a complete different structures, the only common thing for project spaces is space. So they have a space, but then the space is a playground that everyone shapes in a different way, which is fascinating. Um, Nina, yeah. I agree, I agree, absolutely. Um, and um, how is your, you are part of top of the um, space in Narcon. Yeah. And, um, you are an artist, but also working in... I'm a curator. I'm a, I'm a cultural management curator. So we're more mixed. It's not only artists that we have, and then we have uh, a, a little bit more diverse group of people to support the space, just like you. So we shared expenses as well. Uh, but content is not coming from everyone. It's just uh, there, there's a core group of organizing events. And not each individual necessarily provides content for the space. 
that's why we don't have regular events it's more organic and then people can apply to do some things it's just completely other way around actually that you don't want to have a proposal outside actually we are open to proposals from outside because we're all doing other things sometimes it's also hard for us to just look for different projects so we choose from projects that we also receive and this is also interesting but then we don't accept everything because we are also trying to keep it in a consistent way because of the infrastructure that we have we have a bio lab so that's why we also want artists to use the lab that's why i'm so fascinated the space is the only common thing and then it, everything is just like expands out in terms of organizing um, planning and structures how the uh, the how is the current situation for the Hilbert realm in terms of um, pandemic so how it shaped your programming well I, I mean of course we got interrupted like everybody else and we have now a long line of a queue of shows that we want to um, stage once the pandemic is over. Um, but luckily we've got funding just in the time during the pandemic, because at least we don't have the feeling we're paying rent and getting nothing out of it. So for the time being, we're uh, having you know the space for free. Um, my next slot is in January, and uh, I don't, as it looks now, it doesn't seem it, it's going to be happening, but it's an interesting project. Um, I handed it over to Ruth Wiesenfeld, who also happens to be my wife, and she's a composer and a curator, and she's going to organize a show, um, and it, it's part of an archive that she's um, that she's creating called Towards Sound. And this show is about um, Iranian female composers. And the show will be called Rooted in Iran. And it's based, the title of the archive is Towards Sound because it's based on the sketches that lead to sound. And often that are discarded, that are just like the first stepping stone. Interestingly enough, they're very visual and they, don't look like what you would expect of anything in the end, like a composition. They're much more, you know, for, for a visual artist like me, they much more are situated in the visual arts and they're very interesting, the, the openness of it. And of course, um, on the other hand, the whole aspect of being an Iranian female composer um, and, you know, like it's basically diaspora throughout the world, you know, and, people from Canada and from Australia and Europe and America. And so I think that's a very interesting project and I hope it's gonna be possible. Even if not, at least there's gonna be an interview. Uh, Francisca Bure, who's a journalist, will do a radio interview on the SVR and the music journal in the Deutschlandfunk about the show. And we'll see, either it's January or it's gonna be in a year where we're gonna continue. And the other ongoing project, as I already mentioned, is um, the BLA Connect Festival, which, yes, we did get funding, which is great, but no, we can't use it because it will be postponed again to 22. So we'll have to see. And once that takes place, it's going to be great because it's, I think it's going to have the uh, exciting energy 
PhD of post-pandemic and reopening. And let's just hope enough of the spaces have survived um, also over there because I think they're in a much harder place, much less uh, help from the city than we get here. So we'll see. Nina, please. No, I would have just there that I, like from my side, I had curated a show for March, um, inviting 30 to 40 Berlin and well, actually international artists to show a artwork that they have dreamed about like an artwork you saw in a dream, especially interested in artworks that are untypical for yourself, like exactly if Tobias was dreaming, painting this amazing abstract oil painting, and then you would realize this work for the show. So I was really looking forward to that, but then came the lockdown. So I postponed it to the November, and now I had to, <laughs> came a lockdown again, or then I had to postpone it second time, but we did a, um, window uh, version of it so we had these stories about art scene in dreams and images to that and so it's gonna take place in a year I hope so I wanted to add that um, I think the pandemic has showed us how important intimacy and personal meetings are for us all I remember when the first lockdown came we all made a huge effort to put lots of online content to do Instagram and do videos and interviews and everything like everyone else. And have, I have a feeling at least that it doesn't really, you, you can't just uh, um, swap it. So, okay, it's good to do that, but it's not the same as having a real scene where you stand in a real room and look at a real artwork and talk to an artist. What, what I find, found, uh, find so amazing with uh, the project spaces is that you, you really meet the artists, you know, you walk in there because it's not on for like four or five weeks, you know, just with the staff, but you walk in there for an opening and you will have all artists mostly in the room. You can talk to them. You, you can understand much deeper. You can make connections. You can, you can uh, feel what's behind all the art. And that's something that's so specific for the, the product scene. Also that I, I, I feel that the product spaces work as a kind of peer review system in a way where a lot of artists, they might have a commercial gallery that does, does all the stuff for them, you know, once a year they show there or whatever, or they have whatever way they have of um, getting their art out there. But to be able to try stuff and get honest opinions about it, it's not like a sales pitch, you know? You show in the project space and you will have mostly the audience are artists and they will engage with you because they like it, not because there's anything they can buy or sell or there's, there's something quite unique about it, very familiar and very nice. Uh, which I, I feel, I, I mean, I guess that a lot of people would understand how important this is. I feel how important this is. I'm missing it. So I'm looking forward to maybe do more of like meeting people in space when we can. Maybe invite people for dinner in the space, you know, maybe try to do more real sessions where you, where you actually sit down and talk or meet people. For me, that's, that's my big takeaway. Yeah, definitely. I also love our concept Tuesdays in Hilbertraum that maybe a bit fell asleep. It's kind of a bit between mm -hmm. the exhibitions. You can have an evening for a performance or lecture or artist <clears> talk. <throat> I don't know, readings. So I'm kind of now also looking forward to start that again, to come together, to share. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think 
basically we haven't quite grasped the potential that is in these structures of project spaces. They're kind of like laboratories for different social interaction. And I think um, it takes our imagination um, to realize the potential. Um, and that, what is really important is to actually get to know each other, to network, to, you know, like the first step was to create this space, this space of coming together, which is um, Hilbertraum. But we're branching out now. We're, we're drawing these connections to other spaces, to other artists, to also not artists, but people from all walks of life who have a certain openness. And in a sense, it's about citizenship and, you know, like of an open city where everybody is actively participating. That would be, of course, the best. And also it's nice to find structures that don't depend on having the commercial, the, the, um, the financial ability, you know, like actually where does your power come from to actually sustain something like this? And you can do a lot if you get together with little funding, but if you throw it together in the pool and if you, you know, if you have a collective, then you can do a lot more. And I think that's one of the things I learned from being part of Hebron. Yeah, I agree totally. So uh, basically uh, for 2021, you already have actually scheduled from 2020. So you basically, I guess, postponed everything as much as possible if we managed to have exhibitions again. And then, uh, and then I understand that you have also long-term projects you know, with this LA exchange uh, and um, I'm curious actually how that kind of connection changed your way of uh, presenting your own work in the space so because you are learning you, you mentioned that you are learning from different collectives uh, during this exchange did it change anything in your own structure or you were actually okay with your own structures which is having slots for each individual and having this regular events on Tuesdays that Nina mentioned, which is of course now postponed, but how, how that uh, communication changed you or did it change at all? I have a feeling that from co collaborating with other spaces, we realized how well it works, have an open and like a strict open and free structure. Uh, we had a discussion maybe two years ago whether we should be allowed to take Hubertrand art fairs. So can any of our members you say, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna organize an art fair, like taking us as a, as a gallery and go to a, one of all these great, like supermarket in Stockholm, for example. Mm -hmm. And we discussed for a long time and then agreed that this is not, the whole point of Hubertrand is not that we sit down and discuss all the little things together. There's always gonna be people before and against, but it's the voluntariness. We said, no, anyone can, organize a visit an art fair or a project like BLA or whatever, um, you know, this is what it means to have a free space. But of course you can invite other people to join you because there's a lot of work. And I think again, we hit the right tone by not trying to regulate, but instead try instead, or it's not the regulation. We, we regulate it, but we, we don't try to uh, agree on everything. Instead, we, we basically said that we have an open structure. We can use it. Each of us can use it to organize something together or alone. And that, 
you know, it worked out. So we have done projects like Daniel was carrying Belay mostly on himself, got help from some people, but he started, he pushed the whole big load because he wanted to, you know. And I think in a in a project space we have to where you have agreed to share all the work all the time, then people will say, well, we can't do this project now because I'm too busy. You know, that, that happens. And we say like, well, of course you can do that, Daniel. It's up to you, but you do it. Tobias, maybe you should like write a, a small book, how to <laughs> how to plan a project space. So it's so, yeah, Tobias has made an amazing work for, for that it works so well. Yeah. My, well, I, well, it's basically... Yeah, sorry, you go. No, you go. Because I had spent like five, six years showing in project spaces, and I heard the same frustration from from Scotland, from Sweden, from Germany, from, from England, from everywhere. They're all like, oh my God, it's so much work. And also what I saw is that you have a group of people come together and say, let's sit down and meet every Sunday and discuss and blah, blah, blah. In the end, I mean, it can look really democratic, but at the end, it's either the people who put in the hours or the people who are, have a dominant voice who gets to decide everything. And it, it might look democratic on the paper, but in the, in the real terms, it's the strong personalities that decide. And if you're saying, no, 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 you don't vote, you don't discuss, you don't decide, each and every one gets to do their thing, I, I feel ends up being more democratic in the sense, I mean, there's the democratic where everyone agrees on everything together, and there's the democratic society where everyone can have their own voice. Each and every particular voice has a space. That's also part of a democratic society. We forget that in the voting majority and so forth. But especially in places like the art scene, we need to have the openness and say, no, no, no. Each and every voice that's prepared to put in some work themselves have the right to be shown. You know, it doesn't have to be consensus. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel that, you know, yeah, thinking about what makes the decision happen and thinking about how does the structure work it's something that most people haven't done before they start. I mean, they find a space and they sit down and just go as we're used to from, you sit down and meet, you sit down and discuss and you vote and blah, blah, blah. And that's how people do it by default. But I think really few people take the time to say, but what does it actually mean? You know, What does it mean for the quiet person with great ideas? What does it mean for the person who has three kids at home and don't have time? Is it then, can they really participate on an equal basis? Yeah. And of course, there's an ebb and flow of energy. And, you know, like, as you said, you know, like every day chores get in the way. If you have kids, you can't always like spend nights, you know, um, all of these things. And um, it can happen sometimes that more often than not lately that we don't always see the shows of the others, you know, like uh, everybody has their slot and then we have our circle of connections of, of acquaintances of friends and the other Hilberts ne- don't necessarily show up because we're busy with other things. Um, but it comes and goes, you know, it's basically, it's, it's a, it's, you know, you don't know people lose a bit the energy and then it comes back again. And, and but what is, sorry. Yeah. You say, no, I always talk over you. No, I just wanted to say, but that's, I think the mo- one of the most wonderful thing is that it's okay that you don't show up. That's the, like, there is so much understanding for circumstances in life and empathy and that, that you know that the structure is like that. If it's not your slot, it, that you don't have to be there and that's fine. 
you can half a year not show up and that's fine. And that you can like uh, have your accus loaded and then you are back and then you do a lot of work maybe. And I love that in Hilbertraum. And I think we all were a bit or some of us a bit burned out. Uh, and luckily the, the, the support from Senate came. So I think this was a good point to get something like a bit like a back or to have a, have a little recognition for our work. I mean, also the other aspect is that makes it a bit hard to apply for grants with our concept is that we embrace diversity. And so we cannot pinpoint what Hilberdom is about. We can't say, oh, we're showing uh, situationist performances and, uh, you know, something like this. We have to say, well, um, Ila, Eli, Conejo, and Juan Arata do these fantastic openings. But then again, Sasha Appelhoff does these all-encompassing spatial installations where the floor and the walls, everything is included. And Nina also with very strong aspect, but you, you come into these happenings, installations, uh, artworks where the whole space is an artwork. Um, how do you explain that when you apply for, for grants? It's hard to do, but I wouldn't want to change anything because that is what we set out to do. And it actually works very nicely in the way that I think we all grew and learned something from what we were exposed to in the space. By, by the way, that's where the name comes from, Hilbertraum. It's, it's a bit of a spoof. It's a bit of a joke because um, I read from a friend of mine who's a quantum physicist and he interviewed uh, physicists all over the world who are in, you know, um, in the physics they're, they're uh, working with is fundamental, fundamental physics and quantum, uh, quantum physics. And he asked them, you know, basically what reality is, which is like the world of the quantums and the realities built out of it. And I mean, it is so weird and bizarre, this, world and nobody agrees on what our reality actually is on that level, which is the foundation for everything. So it was really interesting to read in this interview, all these different opinions that had also a lot to do with their personalities. And, um, and Hilbertraum, the name came up again and again, because Hilbertraum is a mathematical space in which these calculations are done to imagine where, what particle might be in this space. And they also built a space. They're not just floating around there, they built that space. So it was a funny idea to see us almost, us artists, almost as, and everybody showing in that space as quantum particles, you know, like as little pieces of a puzzle that comes, that evolves, that emerges out of the entirety of all the shows. So, sorry, long speech. <laughs> no, I should have asked about the title, the, the, the name of the space maybe at the beginning. So it's also nice that now we're talking at the end. And if you, um, if you have anything else that you would like to add, then we can slowly close our conversation, although I can continue asking questions another two hours. <laughs> uh, but maybe it's a good time to just have your last words about uh, your space, your collective and your future perspectives. 
Yeah, um, I would like to add just to what we mentioned about funding. Of course, funding is great to have, but funding is a double-edged sword. When we set up the rules for the space, we said that we didn't uh, in any point have to rely on either funding or selling. I mean, it's fine if you do it, but we wanted a structure that meant that we can do, we have the freedom not to need funding next year and not to have to sell a certain amount of art. And that was very important. So we all pay for it ourselves. No, I mean, now we have uh, funding from Senat and that's great, but the, the amount of money that we all pay each month, normally it's so low that we can do it even as low income artists. And that was really important. And I think when you set up a space, if you can, if you can make yourself economically independent as a group that you basically can pay for it, even if it didn't turn out so well one year, you're much, you have much more liberty to really do what you want to do. And then, which might mean more members and less shows a year and you can't do stuff all the time. But, but it means that you don't really have to say, sorry, I can't afford this anymore. Yeah, it's very important. But I think, as you mentioned at the very beginning, Tobias, uh, Berlin mm. still has a relatively uh, privileged position in terms of rents that even if 10 or 20 mm. artists come together and then they still sustain a rent for a space to mm. provide an, an experimental area that they can show yeah. whatever they want. And that's, yeah, as also like Daniel mentioned that the house is even getting harder for other cities like Los Angeles mm. and London and many other European and mm -hmm. non-European cities. Yeah, I think uh, we, we are very, very privileged to be in Berlin, but it's also hard to estimate how long we can just have this privilege and then uh, mm -hmm. chance or luck, I don't know, but it's obviously changing rapidly. Even I'm here yeah. in four years and I can see how it is changing in the last four mm -hmm. years and I cannot imagine how it was before. I'm personally interested also to see what will happen because I have this connection now to Los Angeles. Um, what will happen with the independent art scene there? Um, I could imagine that there will be a lot more public art, basically guerrilla art, you know, like without license, but just things popping up, happening, um, ephemeral, you know, like might disappear after two, three days again. There might be a lot of empty buildings because office space will be, who knows if people will go back into their offices after the pandemic, or maybe also the companies discovered that um, they actually can save a lot of money by, you know, leaving, not having to pay for the rent. Um, so it's going to be interesting and maybe also an opportunity to revitalize the scene to actually actively approach you know, vacant buildings, owners, landlords, and to see what one can do with the city. And um, yeah, I mean, basically the way we run Hilbertraum, I could see us in 10 years still being around. It's, it, it basically runs by itself. It's very comfortable, very harmonic and nice. And so, and it's constantly evolving. <laughs> Nina. Yeah, well, I just, yeah, I hope Hilbertraum runs long and I love to work uh, on this scene for the whole scene. I see there are a lot of good energy and solidarity and yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I'm learning all the time so much from the other, from our space, the artists and the other spaces and from the whole network. 
Thank you so much for and your nice time. To, nice to get to know you as well. Yeah. And yes, yes, thank you. We, it's we my pleasure. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. I'm very happy to meet you. I hope we meet in person as well. And thank yes. you so much for having this time and then having this conversation. Right. Uh, unfortunately, this was only via Zoom, but I hope when, yeah, maybe within six months, we will be able to meet in person in the space and then Great. talk about that Great. current exhibition, whatever it is going to be. And maybe yeah, you have right, some uh, good ideas of what we can, how, how we can evolve. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no idea. As I said, each interview just opens another horizon. Yeah, it's great the work you are doing. Really interesting to listen to your podcast. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for much. your time. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much. Art Next Door, prepared by Tuche Eren. Art Next Door is a monthly radio show on Kit FM and a podcast series at Anchor FM.